Greetings! My name is Anna Troy, but in the Society of Creative Anachronism, I am known as the Honorable Lady Anna DeBix. Welcome to Conversations with Creative Anachronists, where you can talk about your passions within the SCA. In this episode, you will hear about, among other things, theater in the SCA, the ins and outs of calligraphy, and just how does one become the first queen of Drachenwald? Welcome, Duchess Ivana Edwinsdochter Dauburn, also Mistress of the Pelican. Thank you. Good to be here. Yes, and this is the second mm. time for us because we tried this out the very first time. And uh, due to various reasons, I won't be <laughs> using that episode. But hopefully this will work a bit better now that I got some practice. Good. Practice make perfect. And I know you get a lot of questions about being the first queen of Drachenwald and all. So I thought, what was it like when you got to know that you were going to be a pelican? A bit of a surprise, or, or not surprise, because when you've been in the society and, and done the things I've done for such a long time, it's I think it's bound to happen sooner or later. But it wasn't um, it wasn't something I was I was like expecting at every in every corner so when it when it finally happened it was a very much of a surprise a, a, a very a joyful surprise i might say so um i enjoyed it a, i enjoyed it a lot so what was the ceremony like unfortunately i i wasn't able to be, be I, there i had, had been told that uh, edricus was supposed to become a, a pelican and i was supposed to help with to, to call him up and uh, Make him make him come up, um, telling him that something else was was going on. It turned out he had the same instructions, but for me. So we <laughs> both got elevated at the same time. So we were sent to, to vigil in tents by each other, and uh, the next day we had the actual elevation, and that was. It was cool because I mean I've 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 been a queen, so I've done elevations, lots of them. It was the first time I was on the other side, actual elevation. It was cool. Well, it's good you actually remember. I suppose some people must go completely yeah. blank during the whole thing, kind of like an Oscar. Exactly. Or... You you re- remember that you actually got something, but you don't remember the, the details. And they even got my my uh, my fiance to get there. He's been he's been out of the SCA for for a couple of years, but um, he showed up and uh, was there during the ceremony. That was nice. But you've been what seneschal and what other offices have you held? I've been a um, uh, been the herald of of Nordmark at one point, and I've been a herald in Ulfberg uh, many years ago. I was um, um, seneschal of Nordmark for four years. And nowadays I am seneschal of Ulberget again. Uh, that's right. I've been uh, exchequer in Aros as well. Ulberget is yes. your local shire, right? To those who aren't local to this podcast, which is in Sweden and Nordmark. So the, the Ulberget is where geographically? Uh, which is like um, uh, the western part of Sweden between the lakes more or less, around uh, Skövde, Lidköping, Skara, uh, Mariestad, that area. 
it used to be a county called Skaraborg, but nowadays it's it's a part of, of the uh, Västra Götaland county. Okay. Were you one of the founding members of Ulberget? No, Ulberg no, no. Uh, I, when I joined, there were like a couple of guys and a girl. Um, so they'd been around for like two or three years before that. And this was in, in 89. So what drew you to the SCA then? Uh, well, um, a long fascination of history, I think. The romantic notion of the Middle Ages. I enjoyed fantasy. I enjoyed you know, fairy tales. And then I found a um, pamphlet in the local tourist office in Skara after Skara had, had celebrated their thousand-year jubilee in 88 um, because there were a, a group of, of Skadians there and had demos uh, during that year, that summer. And uh, apparently they left a pamphlet in the tourist office. So I got a copy of that one and I called the phone number on it. And uh, learned to know Herr um, Olaf Eriksson Örnklo, who was the seneschal there at that point. And the rest is history. From one thing to other, you are making history by ho- hosting the first Skadian podcast yes. in Swedish. Would you I like to talk that. about that a little Nordmark bit? Nordmarkstans in Nordmark is the name of it. Um, somewhere in Nordmark. But the actual title is a, a pun on a um, popular song from 1935 or something called Somewhere in Sweden. Nordmarkstans i Sverige with Ulla Bildqvist, a very famous singer in the 30s and 40s. And in this podcast, uh, Lady Beatrix and I, we discuss, uh, well, topics about Nordmark. Just for all the new members of the SEA who would like to know a bit about the SEA. So how did you get that idea? What what prompted this, uh, the creation of this I could podcast? say alcohol. Um, <laughs> it's, it's close to the truth, but... Uh, we had a we had a meeting Beatrix and I and just discussing stuff and you know, things people could do and how to get more members to the society and how to keep members in the society and how to a way to explain what things what, what the things we do and why it's so fun and nowadays uh, everyone makes podcasts you know <laughs> you do I do. Everyone do. Actually, there aren't that many uh, SCA podcasts around, so it's good with more of them. I've continuously tried to look them up, and some start and then they fail. So I I don't know how many active ones there are, but I think then maybe even less than five that I know of. Because I know there were a couple, like the Known World Bardcast, and there was a Pensac, and then there was some, uh, like, there was, like, at least three that I know of don't make any more episodes anymore. So there might be more, but they're hard to find in that case. Well, in that case, we can we can uh, tell people to actually, you know, do do podcasts. It's fun, and it's uh, quite easy. And you have a certain group of people that you already know mm-hmm. will Absolutely. want to listen. Skadians are always enthusiastic about things that other Skadians do, whatever it yeah. is, basically. It's my, yeah, that's absolutely. my experience, anyway. I mean, actually, I mean, I'm, I'm not interested in fighting at all, but it's, it's still interesting to, to, to listen to. I mean, I, I wouldn't do it, but, uh, but I would listen to it. I would listen to people talk about it. 
so in the beginning of your podcast, you have a little <laughs> ditty on the ukulele. So, so you play. Mm, I you do like silk, right? Uh, I have a, a long background in uh, in uh, the student theatre groups in Uppsala, Uppsala University. So uh, this is um, something that I've done for a long time, just making making new songs with old songs and new texts, and uh, sometimes they just happen to revolve around SEA stuff. Do you want to give an explanation for what filk is? Oh, or you can explain I why, what the word comes from. Why is it called filk? It's a mispronunciation or a miswriting of folk, mm. of folk, folk music. And it started in the science fiction fandom community. So the first filk songs, as far as I know, I've read oh, of were course. about Star Trek <laughs> and Captain Kirk and that kind of thing. And then since in the 70s, there was a lot of rec recruiting of new members from science fiction and war science fiction conventions. So Blood had heard filk songs from that part and then kind of brought oh. it into the SEA. Well, that makes sense. So that there's lots of there's lots of filking going on in um, in the science fiction mm. uh, fandom as I well. I mean, there are oh. uh, um, groups that I listen to as well. I mean, uh, like Spock, for example, S P O C K, uh, a mm -hmm. uh, synth pop group from Malmö who makes songs based on mostly Star Trek, and that's what Filk is. I mean, you you make you make songs not not necessarily um, medieval about this, this this thing we like. I mean, it goes from the range what you traditionally think of Filk is using a. a already known melody and then adding your own words and I, I the oldest one that I've heard of was actually from the late 30s based mm -hmm. on a Judy Garland song I think it doesn't have to be another melody it could be some completely original but about mm. Harry yeah, Potter and that, for that's example. what we do in the in the student theater in Uppsala we make it with the um, uh, rhymed historical pieces we do the the specs the specs tradition it's a tradition there that you should make all the music that you use is old songs with new texts, new new lyric. And if you can use the original thought of the song and make it something completely different, but still keep the, the thought, it's very popular to do that. And Specs is a specific theater tradition for mm -mm. university students, basically. In, in Sweden, at least, I don't know if it is a tradition no, outside of Sweden. I think the closest things you get, if, if the closest thing you get to that outside of Scandinavia, is probably the panto, the panto tradition in uh, the British Isles, because it's very just traditional characters mostly, you know, and and very you know easy to understand uh, stories that we use. Usually, you you tell what really happened, what what really happened. Uh, during the Napoleonic Wars or the Battle of Hastings or, I don't know, voting of Trump. Uh, I'm not very familiar with a pan panto. Is it pan Do you mean pantomime? Usually or it's is it at Christmas um, when you make yeah. uh, the rich Isles. In which countries? Mostly in, in, uh, in oh, okay. Britain. It's a very traditional, you know, explaining in another language, uh, Say it in Swedish uh, and I'll translate. Well, I, can, I, probably, I can probably do it, but it's like uh, I've never seen one myself except on television. But it's like you you make a, a Snow White story or a, a Nutcracker story, and it's very like fairy tale y, uh, but you have 
very typical characters that, that, that show up in the stories, like the, the prince and the princess and the, the Santa Claus or yeah, archetypes. So archetypes, basically. So are you a member of the yes, Drakenwald Theatre Guild? Have you done any well, SEA theater? Except for the, the time when you and I went to the uh, to uh, SEA 50-year jubilee and, and made, uh, what was it? It's Summer Night's it Dream. It was That's a right. Midsummer Night's Dream. And I played a creep, which was very bizarre. What did I play? Was it with a girl? Right? You were Aww. playing the one I was creeping on, which was You're very... very nice. <laughs> don't, don't you remember? You, you don't remember. They have these Roman names. Anyway, I was basically being a complete... <laughs> oh, very Shakespearean creep, but that's good. <laughs> Yeah, a very Shakespearean creep. Oh, the Globe Theatre in London, which is a reproduction of uh, Shakespeare's original theatre, as close as you can get. And you can actually buy this humongous box mm -hmm. set of DVDs. Lovely. So I just ordered for my Easter present, I think it's like 23 oh, that's DVDs. Gorgeous. It's over 20 different plays. So that's I, when that arrives, I will able to watch Shakespeare mm, until my eyes I mean, I've been in a couple of, of Shakespeare plays. I've played Maria in uh, Twelfth Night and I've been one of the uh, uh, sailors in uh, the, the Tempest. That was fun. And now I'm Envy You. I've never been in an actual Shakespeare play oh, and it's like on oh. my slight bucket list is be in a Shakespeare play in English. I mean, I've been in parts, so but I've never been in a complete well, That's something we play. can probably do with the, the Theatre Guild, absolutely. But, I mean, at least uh, when we come to, when we come back to the normal times again, like non-COVID times, and uh, we can actually have a double wars, why not just make a, a play? Yeah, well, maybe if we prepared yeah. it beforehand, if we could do the real rehearsal. The Double Wars is Drachenwald's main uh, camping event. It's our large kingdom event, which is laughable for other <laughs> kingdoms, size-wise, but it's a very nice camping event held in May, usually. But you and I have a project mm -hmm. going on, don't we? You have done your part, because you do. like calligraphy, I found right? out. I think when I joined the SEA that there were people doing this cool stuff and I realized that I was quite good at it too. So uh, I started doing that cool stuff too. So I, I really enjoy calligraphy. I think I, I actually enjoyed, you know, that time in Build, Build. Art when we had to make signs for shops. Uh, you had to oh, learn okay. how to fill a, a blank paper with with letters, just to 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 make them show. So I, I think I, I like that enough to to enjoy uh, calligraphy tremendously, and I think it's a very very relaxing and uh, and enjoyable past pastime to to make calligraphy. Watch mm -hmm. out! Now all the people who like illumination in Drachenwald are is going to yeah, start I calling hate you. illumination. I can do I can do the outlines, but you know, you know, fill in black and white with with uh, with colors. It's like, and I like doing yeah. that. So that I I have one. I have to get my uh, Heine in gear and, and uh, start illuminating the one that you so beautifully calligraphied for me. Do you have any recommendations for beginners who want to start doing some calligraphy? There are like a hundred good books out there uh, for for beginners. 
I myself used uh, Margareta Hoas uh, book from the 90s called Kråkfötter something something. Och skönskrift. Kråkfötter yes, och skönskrift. Och skönskrift. Uh, it's gorgeous. Basically, scribbles yeah. and beautiful and writing. And Margareta Hoas is also a, 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 a laurel in the SEA. And uh, she has also made like every fantastic um, diploma for every, you know, I think she's worked with the Nobel Prize Committee. I don't know. I can be wrong there. But but if, if Margareta, if you haven't done that. Um, but is she still she's active? active on Facebook. Yeah. You know? uh, Yeah. I, I just I don't remember having seen her at an event for for a long time. But maybe she never yeah, gets off the island. I don't think any of us have been to an event for a long time now. <laughs> well, you can almost get any good book on how to start calligraphy because there are so many. But the the main thing is to practice. Just practice, practice, practice. Fill page after page with A, B, C, D in different styles in different with different pens in different sizes just to realize what is your handwriting what what can you do what can you bend yourself to and also i think one important thing is to to plan the project so you won't get too much air in it space you mean space between the, letters, between the letters or the, letters the words the lines it needs to to, to look good It has to be, um, no. But it's okay to buy like a set of felted pens oh, for yeah. the practice yeah, part, yeah, right? Yeah. There will be no shadow over felted pens. You have to start somewhere. And uh, um, I usually use... Uh... It was the Pilot oh, Parallel pen, I usually use the, the Pilot Parallel pens uh, in all sizes. And I think they're really, really good. And I um, sometimes in the future, I will learn how to actually use dip pens because I, i i would like to do that just because but but for now the pilot parallel pens they are my friends i have separate pens for for red ink and black ink and well they're, they're great one thing that i would add to this is try to look at the actual the original calligraphy it's good to start off in the in the different beginners books per calligraphy but one one what one has to realize is that those are the different authors versions of these styles so that there can be variations between different people so it's good to start off with start off with a book where the where you like the way they've described how you do the letters if you can understand that then start with that but then start looking at the actual medieval texts it depends on what level you want to come to but just so you know that the book is not the end all no. of all and also that in medieval times they didn't have a thing like the scroll that we do We do um, copies of pages from Psalters, from from prayer books and stuff like that. Uh, but the actual diploma that we we do give out, it's a construction of the SEA. The oh, thing yeah, that yeah. we have, the award of arms. Mm -hmm. There are actual awards of arms, but it's, if I remember correctly, like the 15th century and forward. I don't know if they gave out actual parchments with awards of arms 
earlier, they had like land grants and that kind of thing. So that there were some variations, but the SCA is always have, has been creative with these ideas and, <laughs> yeah, and put them together. I like this art form. I like this art form a lot because it, it's something of our own. Yeah. And uh, there are many you know, very talented people out there who make gorgeous scrolls. And uh, they end up on someone's wall. I mean, I started a, a gallery. Yeah, I started exactly. like I started on the, in the Nordmark Facebook group where p- people could put up their scrolls, and there's mm-hmm. over 200 there, and I know that that's just a fraction of all the yeah. scrolls. Well, let's that have a shout have out then, people. Take a picture of your your scroll on your wall, and go to the. You can put a link here somewhere. Yeah, I'm talking about the Principality of Nordmark's Facebook group. And if you are a person who lives in Nordmark, or you got a scroll that's be created of somebody in Nordmark, that's the general idea, then you can just post it up. And if you're uncertain what should be on there, just go in and take a look and see. And it becomes also a nice album of the different styles and, and that you can use as well, so and how things can go look. Go back to, to where to start. It's- if you want to start making scrolls, go to one of yeah. those albums and take a look. What do I want to do? Do I want to do, do a thing like this? So one of the things that's good about the Nordbark album is that some of them look like they've made by actual medieval illuminators and others are, aren't mm-hmm. maybe quite as good. I'm looking <laughs> at myself here. There are a couple of other scribal Facebook groups. One that's just basically a, the scribal gallery, I don't remember what it's called, where people just put up scrolls, then a lot of them are of very, very high quality. And you get the impression that you mm-hmm. have to be a pro- almost a professional artist to, to do the illuminations on these. No, and you have to but start somewhere. There are a certain rules for actually making the scrolls. They're fairly basic, and they but they can be fine on the Signet. Signet yep. is the... Uh, officer coordinates the making of scrolls for courts basically mm-hmm. and there's a page on the kingdom website that goes into what is what you need things like that if you don't color in with and also yeah uh, they are supposed to be framed at one point or at least most of them become framed so leave like three centimeters of or more uh, in in the edges. Yeah. Don't draw your your stuff all the way up to the edge of the paper. Just leave uh, a piece of of blank space there, so they're easy to frame. If there's any subject, there's there's tons of books about. That's it's medieval books. I have almost like half of a bookshelf that's just mm. books about medieval books in different varieties. But what one it took me a <laughs> while to books. to realize was that. Often the, they you take the photos that are taken of the pages. That's not the original size. So that no, especially no, no. in the mid late fifteenth century, were extremely small and detailed. So that they zoom in, you don't look at the yeah. actual size of them, and you then mm-hmm. you think that well, this is about the size of a like a regular paper, and then and then you actually look, and then oh my god, it's like. <laughs> So small, or it can be huge. Mm-hmm. We do have friends who try to make the smaller and smaller scrolls all the time. You can you can fit fit in two words. Hey, you award congratulations! Like- so it's a good idea. What you're looking at is just to realize original size. 
Because if one thing with uh, pens is that you often, it took me a while to realize that Mm. the calligraphy, if we go back again to that, is actually quite small. And as I realized I'd been writing almost a third larger than the original Mm -hmm. calligraphy was. And now we're nerding down in it really (laughs) a lot, but. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, it's not not about the, the readability of it, but just the presentation. Sometimes it's just, you know, it's, it's the art. Even even in, in medieval times, the people had like signatures. There's a, a series of books um, uh, given out by uh, the County Theological Book Society, I can say. They gave out a book a couple of years back about different scribes in the area around Skara in medieval times, because they they looked at like hundreds of different manuscripts and other stuff, and realized what different handwritings different people had. You know, it was like a, a detective story about these five pages must have been written by by this fellow, and these hundred pages must have been written by that fellow. You know, I think I own that book. Never, I think I got it. Yeah. At least 10 years ago, and I don't think I've ever really cracked it open because the front was kind of boring looking, but it was about a medieval illumination. Yeah, well, it, it, it's extremely boring looking book, like a yellowish. <laughs> well, I, it had medieval calligraphy on the front, so I bought it, but I have to go check through my books. Mm-hmm. I've actually managed to mm-hmm. buy double once or twice because I can't quite remember all, all the books about books that I have. <laughs> Do you have a favorite SEA subject that you like to buy books about or borrow books about? <sighs> Costume, I think. Costume and heraldry. That's my weak point. Do you have any favorites there? Um, any? no i just i'm 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 the kind of a book buyer that goes oh i might need this and then i buy it it's like will i open it perhaps will i have it yes so you rather buy them and then borrow them from the library for example the librarian looks at looks at her guest accusingly (laughs) yes yes if it's about like yeah fact book i like to buy them and if they're like novels, I, I I borrow them from the library. So that's about it. I think it's a it's just a, a novel. I can have it or not have it. And if I like it, I can buy it. But if it's fact books, I might I might need it again and again and again. So I just buy it. I buy a lot of books secondhand and in some special stores, about you know thrift stores and where I can find them. Well, you partially live in Uppsala, which is one of the preeminent places to buy books in Sweden. Oh, yes. Mm-mm. Lots of, of uh, bookstores there, both uh, new and secondhand. So are you looking forward to any event, especially when this uh, stupid corona thing is over? <laughs> any event. I would just go to an event, hang out, uh, drink wine and you know, listen to people, talk to people. Is that the favorite part of going to events for you, talking to people? Yeah, I think so. I'm a very social person. I can just float around at an event, you know, going from from group to group, you know, talking about stuff, you know, hanging around. You know, it's such a great story. It's a la- maybe it's the last thing. Can't you just tell the audience how you became the first queen of Drachenwald? I mean, it started with a phone call, right? Uh-huh. 
Oh dear. Mm. This was in uh, 93. And in the spring of 93, uh, we had an event here in Ulvbergt called uh, the 44th night. Not the 47th night, which it usually, usually was, but we had a 44th night to be special. And at that event, it showed up uh, a guy from Australia. I mean, gee, having, having people from Stockholm was, you know, exotic enough. But a guy from Australia, wow, that was Sir Elfin. And it was uh, a night and all coming to our little event outside Lead Chirping. That's strange. But he was, he was nice and fun. And uh, uh, that was that. But he had gone uh, up to Uppsala and, and got to know them there as well. And uh, he was uh, living in Europe by then. And he asked uh, Lady Kellerman, well, you know, I, I want to fight in the in the crown tourney, the Drachenwald's first crown tourney. Uh, do you know anyone who would who would like to be uh, be my consort? And she was like, yeah, yeah well, uh, uh, well, why don't you ask Vanna? So she's a... A sane person. So he did. And I was like, I was 20. I was like, eh, yeah, oh, <laughs> right, cool. Well, you know, I have an exam there and there. So I can't join you at the, at the at the crown tourney. But you can fight for me if you like. But, you know, I can't be there. Okay. Well, that was that. Fine. I didn't hear more about that. I sent a, a favor with him so he could show off that at least. But I wasn't there. And in the afternoon... He of the of the event. He was like he was calling me, saying, "Hi, I won. I'll talk to you more next week. Bye." And I was like, "Oh my God!" Well, that, that was that was it. And it defined the rest of your SCA career. Yeah, yeah. I'm really a, a shit. There I was person <laughs> in this society. Yes, they actually had to change the rules after this, so you have to be at your crown Tony. Everyone has to be there, and you have to have lived a certain amount of time in Drachenwald as well. Yes, yes, you have to. Yeah. Did they have have any rules set up for this? No, no, no. I don't think so. You just you need to have to pay your 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 fee. That was it. The membership. Yeah, I'm a member of the SCA. Cool, come fight. I think it was more more or less like that. A little desperate of hoping people would show up or. But there were quite a lot of people at the first first crown tourney. You can you can see it on Facebook actually. There's someone who who, who shot you know home video of it. Oh really? Oh. On, on on YouTube. Well, I'll have to make a note of that and and link it. Yeah, do that. You can see the the absence of me is there. <laughs> well, but then then we had to you know tour the continent for six months and that was nice and you could afford it at, at 20 i had all these student discounts oh yeah right because i could fly domestic flights for like about 300 crowns it's about 30 euros basically yeah and we we got we got to go to all these places for free i mean i think the the royalty still goes to the uh, they go to the uh, the event for, for free because yeah you have to go to all the all the events so with all the cheap flights and all the free events, just one weekend off the entire rain. But that was fun. I had so much fun and I met so much, so many people. Any memorable funny moments? From the first rain? 
throne first and then you were queen again so that if you have yeah. something that's more memorable from your second reign whatever you want Ooh, I had I got to play life size chess in was it Frostheim or Uma? Those are northern shires for those who don't know. Uh, people, actual people, as chess pieces. That was so cool. <laughs> I got lost on a, a, a boat in the North Sea. Well, more or less. What? Um, on, on our way. No, it's a long story. But but it, there was a train that broke down and a, a a boat that was missed, and then a, a storm uh, from Stranraer to to Belfast. Uh, it took for, forever, and I had like no money <laughs> because because my friend also had had all all our money in in uh, Dublin and was waiting there. But there was things like that you could do when you were 20, which would be like totally disaster now when I'm not 20. And credit cards weren't quite as usual yet. No, no, God, no. No, 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 no cell phone, no credit card, nothing. It was like, bye, mom. I'm off with a backpack now. Well, kids today, they don't know how it was. They used to live in a shoebox in the middle of a... Middle of a snowstorm in June. Yes. Right. Well, I have one last question, and this has turned into a little bit of a tradition. Do you have a favorite SEA tool? Favorite SEA tool? It could be something simple. We had one guess at a needle and thread, or it can be whatever you, you fancy that you find that you use a lot. I use a lot. Books can be a tool. I take the, the, the calligraphy pen. That is my favorite SEA tool. You can have a, a calligraphy pen uh, in your daily mundane life and spice it up a little bit, you know, make things more beautiful. And uh, you can't go to an event without a pen, preferably a calligraphy pen. Yeah, because the royals will inevitably need a pen to sign something in the last second. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So I choose the calligraphy pen. Thank you very much for doing this a second time with me. And I think this went a bit better than the first time. Thank you, darling. Oh, you're a very good protégé. That is fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I'm a protégé. We forgot to mention oh. that. <clears throat> Oops. Okay. Well, thank you very much, oh, Mistress Pelican of mine. We will stop this for now, I think. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Till next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Conversations with Creative Anachronists. Would you like to join me in a conversation? Or do you have any questions? You can use the voice message function in Anchor. You can email me at creativeconverse, one word, ends with an S, at gmail.com. Or you can message me via the Facebook page. Until next time. Bye for now.